Welcome to the PR Moment Podcast. Produced in association with the Marketeers Network. On the show this week, we're talking to Fenella Gray, who's EMEA Managing Director and Chair at Port Novelli. Port Novelli has had an interesting few years. Brad McCafferty took over from Karen Van Bergen as Port Novelli's Global CEO in 2016, and he was replaced by ex-McKinsey executive David Bentley in early 2020. But a constant throughout this period was Fenella Gray, who headed up London, the London office and is now leading the agency across EMEA. Port Novelli is part of the Omnicron PR group and has 85 people in its London office. Omnicron PR has global revenues of about 1.39 billion in 2021. And today we're going to talk to Fenella about the changes, challenges, I should say, of being a mid-sized firm surrounded by giants and how Port Novelli in Amir has reinvigorated itself over the last 12 months. Before we start, just a nudge to remind you all that the entry deadline for the Creative Moment Awards is on Friday the 27th of May. Thanks as ever to our PR Moment podcast sponsors, the PRCA. Fenella, welcome to the show. Very nice to be here. So what has Port Novelli got right uh, and what's it got wrong over the last few years? Uh, what have we got right? Um, I believe we've got right our unwavering focus on our strengths um, and applying those strengths to what our clients and what the market wants. So we are good at letting it go of stuff when it's not working and leaning in when we see something emerging and, and, and rebuilding and, and adapting accordingly. Um, so this means really that because we're constantly adapting that we deliver and we deliver without question to clients. So we do what we say we'll do, and I'll come on to that maybe a bit later. Um, and I think this has helped us build over the years really long-standing trusted relationships that's um, enabled our business to grow phenomenally on organic growth. Um, I think not necessarily it's a wrong um, but we have um, had pretty low market visibility as a brand um, outside of our client base and the partners and the talent who choose us. Um, I think, you know, honestly, we've relied a little bit too heavily on the past equity of our brand. Um, and last year, you know, I decided that we really had to fundamentally address this, address this. And I sort of came out and said, you know, we've been quietly brilliant for too long. Um, we've got to get to a place of being unashamedly confident. Um, and I can already see that confidence in what we've been doing over the last 12 months, helping us wow. in terms of attracting great talent and clients. Because at one point, Port Novelli pretty much positioned itself as a purpose agency, didn't it? Did that not really work out? Um, you're right in the sense that we did position ourselves very much as a purpose and consultancy. I don't think it's, it didn't work out. I would say that, wouldn't I? But, I, you know, our agency was founded on purpose. 50 years ago, in fact, later this year. Um, but our belief was it was actually too narrow for our entire agency proposition. I think on the one hand, you know, purpose can usually be a lens through which you can solve all sorts of clients' challenges, but not all client buyers explicitly ask for purpose. So you're constantly having to create the case, and then there's a whole variety of inaccurate interpretations of what purpose is. So we figured out, actually, it's better to engineer a business, obviously, from the starting point of the buyer, hence us evolving purpose into our sort of new broader 
positioning, which is built on purpose, but broader than purpose itself. Okay. Um, that's interesting, just to explore that for a moment, because there's definitely a, a school of thought within PR agencies at the moment, isn't there, that they, uh, that they need to position themselves around a specific IP, uh, or, and, and I suppose create a point of difference. Um, and, and I buy into that theory to an extent, but that there is a danger, which is sort of what you just suggested there, that um, it can be too limiting in terms of the type of work that, that clients ask you to do. Uh, I think it depends how you cut it. I, I mean, personally, I think it's really important to have a point of difference, although it's really hard to nail it simply and broadly, broadly and make it future fit. But from what you said, it needs to be quite a broad point of difference, doesn't it? It, 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 it does, but, but, but it's got to be relevant to your business and skill set and, and what you can do and what your point of view is on the world. If, if you don't position around a point of difference, then it's hard to cut through. And equally, if you don't do it, um, it's also dangerous trying to be everything to everyone. Mm. But if you get it right, it's not too limiting because it elevates I think, what you do and it brings focus. Um, just however, remind me, what, what's your current um, point of difference, Port Novellis? So we are the communications partner for a stakeholder era, and we help our clients close the say do gap. And it's it's really so. It's so so, so, close, so close, close the say the, the, the say do gap, if you see what I mean. So that's yeah. I'm just trying to that's I that's that's a bit more flexibility in that in terms of the type of work you're going to do than. Um, I don't know. I can't remember what your the the per, but but being a, a the purposeful agency, if you see what I mean, isn't there? So I'm just trying to. Um, it, there's a there's quite interesting little um, learning point now. I just think for agencies is to to be careful what your. Um, I, I get the positioning around a certain mission, if you like, but you need to be quite careful about what how how you word that mission, right? Yeah, I think you do, and I think you know it can evolve. You have to. It's our job to stay ahead and it's our our job to um, help our clients kind of see down the line so therefore you know I don't I think it's very easy to go into these things like oh, our position has got to last five ten years and it's got to be static no it's fine and good to evolve yeah. um, but as long as you're not doing every two minutes and confusing everybody in in, in the process because actually the, the, the trick is actually in the execution of it very easy not very easy but once you've nailed your proposition, the hard bit is pulling it through the business, making it live and breathe internally and externally. And that's kind of what I feel where our biggest investment has been over the last 12 months is making it a reality um, in terms of how we show up, how we close our own say-do gaps as individuals in our teams um, to support each other, to collaborate, to do what we say we're going to do through to, and we call it the say-do code, um, through to how we tackle clients' kind of thorny issues, which is, you know, using our SEDU methodology and, and process to kind of figure out where they where their challenges are, how they compare against their competitor set. Are they getting more, you know, are they doing a lot but actually not getting enough credit for it? Are they saying a lot but actually at risk of overclaiming? And if you get the, the marriage and the alignment of say and do or equally do say, we believe that, you know, that client or brand organisation will get um, competitive advantage and earn rather than create stronger reputations for themselves. So, so what, I get the, the, the approach to the work there, but if someone asked me to buy what, what, what sort of work is Port Novelli 
doing at the moment what 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 should i tell them is it is it consumer is it tech where is your where's your sweet spot currently yeah and sweet spot's the optimal word actually a lot of our sort of clients and prospects client prospects coming through the door because what's your sweet spot what, where do you excel where are you really great um and i think um we our sweet spot really is in that convergence of all sorts of comms hence us being the comms partner for the stakeholder era we take an audience first approach equally you want consistency you want to unite those audiences you want to you know differentiate and stand out so therefore i think what we come up with is great what do you call it platforms ideas concepts territories that then translate through all of the different audiences to, to enhance reputation. But doesn't, but so doesn't, every, doesn't every agency say they take an audience-first approach? Uh, I don't think they do it as well. I mean, I think this is why I firmly believe that actually it's it's the time for the mid-sized agency because we're more agile, we're more connected, we can, um, we can flex uh, faster and harder. Um, I think, of course... Everybody believes in the convergence of comms, but I don't necessarily believe that actually everybody integrates it at the core, um, and that's what we do. So, I yes, look, we still are really strong in our sectors. We have kind of six sectors that we go deep in as a um, specialisms, um, but we insert different kind of capabilities. We have four capabilities that we insert into those sectors to drive growth, and that's kind of what's unlocked I think are you know phenomenal success last year and 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 hopefully this year too um, um, it's interesting you say mid-sized there because you know you are you, as I mentioned in my intro you're part of the the Omnicom um PR group um mm. and you're sort of I mean you know def- define mid-sized right you're a pretty big mid-sized compared to some some people will call you a big agency you, you, you see what I mean mm. it's, it's, it depends where you are on the spectrum doesn't it um, but let's just let's just go with the mid-sized off at the moment. Why, why do you see that um, mid-sized firms are having quite such a good time of it at the moment? Um, I think because basically I call it this connected core model. Um, and I think, you know, we aren't necessarily beholden to working with certain logos over the doors um, in our region. That don't get me wrong. We'll always go to Omnicom PR Group first, but don't necessarily need to go there if the skills or expertise isn't there itself. And um, whether that's, you know, we need a nutritionist in Madrid or a data analyst in Copenhagen or a med-ed copywriter in Brussels, you know, I can plug those individuals into my connected core model in the centre that I think gives greater growth uh, greater sort of flexibility and agility for, for existing clients. So I kind of think, you know, the slightly old-fashioned hub-and-spoke model is no longer fit for purpose in, in our region, certainly. So the idea of a mid-sized agency being able to show up offering a connected core in its heart, plugging in the right people from the beginning with great agility in a cost-effective way is... is 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 um you know really really attractive for a client and i think you know in short it's the sort of global boot essence of a global boutique um so you feel really familiar with us um and i think that's um yeah it gives a standout because you've had a good couple of years haven't you? you you've alluded to it a few times but you had um yeah your 22 percent growth 
across a mere last last year, Port Port Tell me if I've got these wrong. Um, so you're, you know, that in a mere anyway, you're, you're outperforming the rest of Omnicom PR, aren't you? Which I think had something like six percent growth in 2021. I mean, that's a big old difference. Yeah, listen, I don't want to comment on whether we're outperforming the rest of Omnicom or not, but I do know that most agencies had a really good year last year. Um, I think ours was indeed a year of exponential growth, even based on 2019 pre-pandemic numbers. Um, and I think we're going to probably do the same again, although I don't want to tempt fate and I'm touching wood to make sure you don't want to jinx anything. But yes, I think, um, again, I think it comes down to having a really clear proposition, taking that to market, being knowing knowing where you excel from a, a sectorial perspective and inserting sort of, we've got four capabilities and it's purpose and impact, corporate counsel, uh, brand growth and um, uh, employee experience. And those four, doubling down on those four capabilities, I think has really, you know, helped us outperform. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, you've done, what, what is it? Is that, I mean, like most agencies, in the end, it comes down to the people, doesn't it? You've, I, I know you've, what was your, your retention rate was right up there oh, and, and that sort of oh, thing. I, Just talk I, us I, about I, that. Yeah, nice plug on that. I, 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 that's the thing that I'm most proud of, really, from last year, is that uh, we kept 96% of our team. So our, our turnover level was really, really, really small. Um, and I firmly believe that people stuck with us and continue to stick with us this year because, um, you know, we really got our um, metaphorical arms around people during COVID and looked after them. And I think it's really easy to say that, but genuinely, you know, we did. And with a launch of a new proposition gave us a whole new kind of reason for repackaging and, re- and enhancing our benefits in a way that was going to enable us to live out our say-do code um, and then invite our team in, I mean, I always do this, I'm a believer of sort of collaborative leadership, but invite our people in and our team in to help us create our um, ambition and our plan, what we want to do and, and what we want to focus on. And I think that, that empowerment um, has really enabled people to think, oh, my prospects here are really good. The opportunity is really great. I can see how I'm contributing to the wider kind of agency um, direction of travel. I'm playing a meaningful role and I'm making a difference. And I think that's kind of really been the key part of all the secret sauce for people wanting to, to stick with us. So, you know, our headcount grew 40% last year as well. So we're not just keeping people, we're attracting, you know, we're, we're yeah. Because I guess that's a good point, because in an agency, maybe in any business, but in an agency, you, don't, you, you do need some new faces, don't you? Um, so it was, it was a 96%. Uh, retention rate with with no new people joining you might be scratching your head a little bit but if you've got what did you say you've got 40 percent new people as growth in terms of people as well so you, it's not like you've got no, no no new faces around no no and then new faces that sort of align with those capabilities i was talking about so the different kind of experts different kind of um skills and then you know really kind of trying to and think about being more diverse and more creative and who we bring in and how. It's quite a nice um, size, that, isn't it? Just under 80, sorry, just under 100 people. Uh, was, I think you said 85, something like that. It's, you've got enough resource to do the stuff you want, but it's not too big that um, you're having to spend all of your life in appraisals and all that sort of thing. Yeah, and my, my fundamental problem, and my team tell me this, but 
always try and do too much. So actually, feel bigger, better. <laughs> That's not one of those interview questions. What's one of your weaknesses? I try and do too much. No, I definitely try and do. We do try and do too much. Sometimes I think, oh, my God, we're already 85 people, and yet we're behaving sometimes like we're 400. Um, So we have have to sort of rein rein in the enthusiasm. Right. But just talk to me about the the Omnicom text app, because whenever I talk to anybody from Omnicom PR, they're they're really enthusiastic about the advantages of, of, of that Omnicom tech stack and I you know what is it what what does it include because it's um it's not all built within Omnicom is it there's some 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 stuff that's you've got solutions brought into the outside and then presumably it all gets plumbed together somehow well it's built by Omnicom it is built by Omnicom but it's fed by all sorts of other different sources um so the platform it's called Omnia and ID is um, actually, frankly, a transformative platform because it, it's just incredibly informative. So, it so basically what was that? Provides... Just say that again. What was the name of that? The Omni Earned ID. That right. is the, the name of the platform. Um, OEID, and it's 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 just very informative. So it, it basically provides data and insights about uh, media that I don't think we could have ever imagined having previously. You know, we've always our industry PR has always um, had a problem in showing its value beyond impressions and beyond reach. And this really proves impact as well as providing actionable data on everything through from sales to reputation or crisis mitigation. Um, So it's a platform really, Ben, that bridges the gap between what we've done previously, which is shown visibility and move it down the funnel into proving more business impact. but it's, it's staggering because, you know, it, it's basically built on IDs, so anonymized individuals, all built around providing better understanding of audiences. Um, and if you're therefore as a client or brand reaching them and audiences from, you know, influencers to B2B audiences to healthcare providers to, I don't know, government officials, opinion leaders, consumers, blah, blah, blah. Um, and actually, are you having any impact with them? Are they um, changing their behaviors because of as a, in a result of your programming? Um, are they, um, you know, is, is it working? So therefore we can adapt our campaigns and programs as we go. Um, so if before, for, for, finally, from my perspective, you know, you get an unprecedented level of insight and data that validates the impact of earned media on reputation and sales. Um, and don't get me wrong, sounds great. Making it real um, has taken a lot of work from our data analysis team, you know, unraveling and going under the bonnet figuring out what's important when you know we're not short of data is an art and craft in itself um and we're still learning as we go you know we've had to kind of figure out okay so it works in the us what does that mean for gdpr issues in the in europe um you know what can we genuinely prove is this overclaiming? do you fancy testing and learning this client x y or z and so we're still you know we're still it's still evolving i'd say we're kind of in 2.0 now um, but um, those clients who are kind of lapping it up are, are definitely sort of, um, yeah, seeing the benefits of proving the, the value of our work. Uh, when was it launched? That, I mean, I know it's sort of, it got, as you say, it sort of evolved a bit, but when, when did it sort of start in its, its true form? Well, I'd say in the US it started a couple of years ago, two years ago. 
um, and in it's sort of more in its um, early days here in Europe. We're gonna we're gonna make a bit, of, bit more of a song and dance about it, I think, in due course. Um, but, um, but but it's fair to say. I mean, you said uh, to to just quote you there. You said it's a transformative effect on your business. It's as mm. big as that. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and you know, I think, and it's something amazing that Omnicom provided from the centre, run by Erin Lanuti, and working with. Um, a couple of people, keep, including one of my team here, to really make it real and make it useful and, and valuable for clients. So, yeah, it is transformative. I, and I don't say that lightly um, because it's so informative. Okay. Um, yeah. um, now, just kind of on the personal things, personal side of things, for, for just for a moment, you went down to two days a week in, in 2019. Um, and, and if I'm honest, I thought you'd then go down to one one day a week and and and, and that would be that if, if, if you see where I'm going. But you're now back to four days a week. So so come on, just talk us through what, what happened to your to your side hustles. Oh, oh, it was one of those moments in life and life, I think, where I just got to step out little bit and just see if I'm not being imaginative enough in seeing sort of my future um and then kind of so took on lots of these different side hustles which is still actually I'm still very much involved with because they give me wider perspective I think you know once you sort of take a foot out of running an agency for a bit you realize actually there are all sorts of different things you get involved with which don't necessarily correspond to weekly commitments times change you know it's two meetings a year here it's one a quarter there it's having a chat one evening about x y and z here so it's amazing what actually what you can fit in when you don't think in days or weeks um but those side hustles are still good still going so i could do a lot in terms of campaigning on air pollution um i'm still supporting a handful of female entrepreneurs mainly in sort of fashion and luxury based on their comms but also sort of business consultancy dabbling in politics um and then i'm involved in our local school as a, as a governor as well so that kind of those that feeds me that, that those kind of initiatives and side levels kind of keep me fed and watered um right. so it's really important for me to keep going um so you were back for that sort of managing the, uh, an agency business through through COVID, which I mean, so, there's so much happening in the world now, isn't it? It seems it seems a, a, a long, long time ago. But but do you reckon that 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 experience made you better at your job? Oh, you'd have to ask the team and the clients. Um, I th- I think what I'd like to say is that COVID has oh gosh made me a little bit more compassionate um i think it's you know very easy when you've got a lot on and life is full just to plow through stuff Mm. Um, and i think one thing that covid has taught me is to um what can i do to energize us keep us going and protect us and our business from everything that's thrown at us like kind of short we call this kind of vitamins and vaccines um, how am I going to, um, you know, energize? We yeah, keep ourselves energized and and protected. So with that, I think become just a bit more compassionate. And when we did our first face to face board meeting, I can't remember when it was now. Time blurs, doesn't it? But you know, looking around that type table, and and I was really taken aback by, I guess, my understanding of the depths of the marks of COVID around the team, both sort of visible and invisible. But I kind of felt I really felt connected and know the 
people. It's all rather emotional. But I think it's because we'd opened up to each other, had each other's backs and kind of been, you know, fighting alongside each other, um, we felt we feel really incredibly close. And I think I haven't had that. I haven't had that before, that closeness. And I think that compassion or kindness, however you want to call it, has, has definitely made me feel I'm better at getting us getting to uh, you know true collaboration at a senior level, but but across the agency too. But I mean, easy for me to say. That's what I feel. You know. I, I I agree with all that. The, the, the problem is time and pressure, isn't it? If you see what I mean, you sort of fit, you 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 like yeah. to think that all that happens, but then when 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 like sometimes it's like when you go on holiday and you think oh, I won't, I'll never be like that again, and you come back within and within two weeks you're you're dropping into your old habits. But I. I agree with um, with that, the hope of what you say. Anyway, just what last point? Do, do you think um, has COVID finally made PR firms better employers? Do you think? Ah, yes. Okay. Um, not just PR firms, I don't think, but across the board for business in a wider sense. Um, I think it's you know well um, published now, isn't it? But I think um, whether it remains, I really hope we hope it does. But um, you know in taking an employee first approach taking a talent first approach actually um pays in pays in the long term um you know the commercial and the finances the scorecard for you know ensuring your workforce and your team are engaged motivated fulfilled satisfied whatever you want to call it and and then they'll stick with you so um which i think you know that's earlier proves that they do so yes yes Fenella Gray, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Ben. It's been great to chat. Thanks for listening to the PR Moment podcast, produced in association with the Marketeers Network. If you'd enjoyed the show, please do review us on iTunes and give us a decent rating.